Hi, and welcome to the Passion Podcast, where we come to learn how to live, love, and achieve with passion. My name is Courtney Carr, and today is our first episode. So we are going to be talking about the most important tools and resources we have available to change everything on the big scale. So I wanted to start with breaking down the power of words and our self-talk. So words are everything. It's all our self-talk. It's how we speak to others. It's how we speak about our life to other people, how you show up to other people. You know, their perception has a lot to do with the words you use and things like that. But more importantly, words carry energy, just like everything else we do. They link to emotions. They define meanings and kind of define our entire world around us. And even just changing the words we use, we can completely change our perspective on something small, something big, or our entire life. So have you ever stopped to think, why do they call it spelling? This is one of my favorite quotes of all time, but Bruce Lee once said, that's why they call it spelling, because when you speak, you're casting a spell. So if you think about that, what if every single word you say casts a spell of energy out? And spoiler alert, that's what's happening. So that's not a rhetorical question. I really want that to sink in that they call it spelling because the word you use cast a spell. And just really let your brain sink into that. And we're going to break this down. So we know that hurtful words that we say to someone else can often hurt more than physical pain. And it doesn't matter how many times we apologize, it never truly erases that emotion that they felt because of the words we said. Well, what happens when we do that to ourselves? What happens when we speak that harshly to ourselves? The same thing. And so we're going to break it down. We're going to go over the science. We're going to go over the woo-woo and everything in between. So Dr. Emoto is a Japanese businessman. He's an author. And he's a pseudoscientist who claimed that human consciousness could affect water. And he did a study. So if you've ever heard of the Dr. Moto water study, this is exactly what we're talking about. So in his 2004 book called The Hidden Messages in Water, it was a New York Times bestseller. But he did a few things with water molecules. On one hand, he took water molecules and spoke very positive words to them. So things like love, hope, truth. And he discovered some very interesting things. When he spoke these positive terms to the water, the water molecules would actually become these very snowflake, beautiful, crystalline-looking organisms that would change as a reaction to the words he's using. And it proves a few things. It proves, one, that water has consciousness, and second, that it responds accordingly to the world around it and what's happening to it. And we'll really drive that home in a second why that's so important. But he also used some negative terms. So he used some phrases like, hate, you make me sick, you're a fool. And the water molecules actually turned into like an unorganized, disgusting, muddy mess is what it looked like when he looked under the microscope. And you can look up pictures of these on Google Images and look up the Dr. Emoto water study and see the difference and just visually get that down. But why does this matter to us and why are we talking about it with this subject? So our bodies are at least at least 80% water. That means you are majority water. And if every cell in your body is reacting accordingly to the words and the thoughts that you're thinking, 
This means how you speak to yourself and about yourself to others can completely change the chemistry of your body for good or bad. So think about that. Can completely change the chemistry of your body. That's a big deal, you guys. So this isn't some witchy magic woo-woo thing. This is a scientific fact that the words and the language that we use have a direct effect on our inner world and our outer world, okay? So self-talk is everything. It really is everything. We think on average 70,000 thoughts a day, and only about five of those are conscious thoughts. So that means about the other 95% of those thoughts are subconscious, and they're often negative or repetitive and just kind of old loops of thoughts and beliefs we've been repeating since we were much younger. So I like to call the 95% our autopilot. And I truly believe that the autopilot is what controls and dictates our entire life. It, it dictates our quality of life. So if you want to change your life, this is right where you start. And, you know, it's easy said, right? But it's harder to do. So I just want to remind you, you know, this is a simple formula, though it might not be easy. So just keep your brain focused on the fact that this is a simple formula. It's something simple that you change but it's going to take practice. So, and fun fact, while we're talking about thoughts and just how our brain operates. So your thoughts never stop. They never actually stop. Not while you're dreaming or asleep, things like that. You, it's actually going into hyperdrive at that time, but you never have a time where your brain is just totally silent. And if you've read the wonderful book called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, he talks about the roommate the roommate, the other person in your head. And if you, okay, here's a good example. So when people want to learn to meditate, they often think that their thoughts need to completely shut down to have a successful meditation. That's not true. So let's say you're going to have a 10 minute meditation and you sit down, you take a deep breath and you're like, okay, brain, stop, stop thinking. A lot of us get annoyed because what happens our brain doesn't stop. Our thoughts do not stop, right? So it's the same thing as if you were to sit down and have a meditation at the beginning and you're like, okay, heart, stop. Your heart's not going to stop. It's going to do its job. It has a job to do. It, it beats. It keeps you alive, right? So that is exactly what your brain is doing. It's doing its job. And on this note, I want to highlight a few things. So our brain actually only has two main questions that it's always operating with. Okay. And now we've heard that our brain, it's not our brain's job to make us happy, but have we really let that sink in? So I want to tell you kind of the other side of this. So there are two things that your brain is going to focus on. The first one, it's going to constantly ask the question of, will this kill me or am I safe? And it'll ask questions in these regards. So your brain will find everything that could possibly go wrong with the situation and bombard you with these thoughts just to make sure you're taking them into account, just to keep you safe. You know, um, one of my favorite quotes that goes along with this is John Shedd said, a ship is safe in the harbor, but that's not what a ship is for. And, you know, a lot of us have seen that, but it's even though your brain is asking all these thoughts to keep you safe, to make sure you're not putting yourself in danger, to keep you alive, you know, our instinctual reasons, it stills not what your purpose is in life, you know. So more on that in a second. But the second question is does this fit into a pattern of something I've experienced before? Have I seen this before? And this means 
it's questioning if this new situation, this new thought, this new venture fits into an old pattern. You know, it, it can be if you're dating again, are you dating the same exact type person? We're well, probably going to end up with the same result, you know. So does it fit a similar story in your past? Does it link to childhood trauma in some way? Or maybe you've tried something like this before, but you failed miserably and your brain is going to equate, well, you failed last time. So you're probably going to fail this time. And your brain will do this even if it has to lie to itself. Okay. Even if it has to lie and make two very different situations similar, it will do that just so it can find evidence that this is similar to something that's happened in the past. Okay. So basically that old anxiety, that old fear, lack of confidence comes into this new situation, even though they're completely unrelated. And this is all something your brain did while on autopilot. Okay. So it's not your brain's job to make you happy. It's your brain's job to keep you safe and to decipher if this fits a pattern or situation you've seen before. Because your brain knows, we know if we've experienced something before, hopefully we won't get ourselves into that same issue again, or we bring that experience into just hope it doesn't turn out as bad before. You know, you learn every time. You learn new experiences. So just back to the highlight, your brain's job is not to make you happy. That's our job, okay? And it's always going to be looking for evidence of, is this safe or will it kill me? And then the second, does this fit something I've seen before? And we'll break down a little bit about how we really do lie to ourselves when our brains are kind of going crazy like that. But this is absolutely why you must train yourself on how you speak to yourself, how you speak to others about yourself, how you speak about others. So it's just the power of words are extremely important and can be a pivotal point to change for the better or the worst. Okay. So you've got to train yourself talk. Um, otherwise, by default, your brain's going to be doing its job and it's going to look for those answers. It's going to find those answers. Um, it's, you know, it's the type thing when you ask a question in your head, you will find answers, okay, whether that's positive or negative. Um, that could be a whole nother podcast topic on its own. But but do give your brain some credit, okay? It's not trying to make you unhappy and miserable. It has protected you from a lot in life. I hope there are situations that you maybe started walking towards and your brain's like, nope, nope, red flag. This reminds us of this dangerous time, you know, way back when. And hopefully you changed and switched paths, right? So your brain does do a lot of keeping you safe. It's just, it's not focused on happiness. That's not its job. So, and a lot of us, we want to find that state of peace and that state of happiness or passion, whatever you call it. And you just want to live in that beautiful place. Well, by default, you're going to have to constantly be working on it and have a plan and daily practices to set yourself up to be in that state because your brain, how it's designed to operate, and just by nature that we're humans living human lives, things are going to hit us that aren't always rainbows and sunshine, okay? And you need a plan to deal with it. So let's take a few seconds while we're on that note, we're talking about our autopilot and what subconscious thoughts we're thinking. So take a deep breath. I took one with you, okay? What thoughts have been on loop today? What have you noticed you're constantly thinking about just today or in the last few minutes? Are they new, innovative thoughts? Are they empowering? Or are they probably old, negative, repetitive thoughts based off something that happened in the past? 
for most of us, we're going to notice a lot of negativity on repeat. Okay. And there's a few keys here on how to change it and how to go about it. But these are the things that have really, really helped me in my life. And I'm still working on and practicing every day. So you got to change the pattern and you got to change the autopilot. So one, watch and observe your self-talk without judging it. Without judging it. Okay, just watch and observe. So get in the habit of watching these and seeing these thoughts go by, but not attaching to it. Just watch it go by. Don't identify with it. Okay. And I like to give the example, think of a bird. It's like a bird. When you watch a bird fly by, you just sit there and watch it and appreciate it. See where it's going, maybe where it came from. Oh, what kind of bird is that? But you don't reach up and grab it. You don't rip it out of the air, you know? So just think of your thoughts like a bird flying by. Okay. And just observe it, observe it. Don't judge it. And the thing is, when you judge something, you attach emotion to it. You attach feelings to it. You attach anxiety to it. You attach, oh, this is a bad thought. It, and all that's all clutter we don't want to get into yet because that's going to start you on a downward spiral and you're not going to make progress on it. So just step one, watch and observe your thoughts without judging it. Um, one quote that I absolutely love that honestly changed my life, and it's by a woman named Pima Chardon. I hope I'm saying that right. But it says, you are the sky, everything else is the weather. And I really like this quote because it highlights to me or really brought it home that I'm the sky, everything else is the weather. You know, there might be some nasty clouds that roll in, some nasty storms, some thunder, some all kinds of crap that you don't want in your beautiful sky on a beautiful day, but you're going to have to deal with that, right? But is that nasty storm of negativity you? No. Are you going to experience it? Is it going to move through you because they're emotions? Yeah. So you just, it gives you kind of a reference what your part is. So your job's to hold the space for the peace, for the understanding of why you're having this negative thought or emotion. Um, but don't identify with it. Okay. Now we're going to have two more steps here. So, but I just really want to highlight do not judge it. Don't beat yourself up for having that thought. You're just observing. Okay. And you're going to hear some really messed up stuff when you start paying attention. So uh, just be careful to anything you judge. By the way, if you're judging other people, you're attaching emotions to their life. It has nothing to do with you. So just judgment is not a great thing anyway. But the second step is where is this belief or thought coming from? Where is it coming from? Uh, why do you not feel worthy? Why do you not feel like you're able to do this new thing? Where did you first hear that insult? You know, a lot of us are carrying around stuff we heard in our childhood from a parent, an older sibling, a bully at school, and we still subconsciously believe that that's true. Okay. Um, one trick that I love, and if you're into Byron Katie's The Work, is are the two questions. Is this even true? Is it really true? And I'll reference that at the end because it's a great resource if you're struggling with any kind of self-talk, but half the crap that we are thinking isn't even true. It is not even true, but we've emphasized it and obsessed over it and just thought about it on repeat for so many years that it absolutely feels true. And whether it's true or not, it's going to cause that chemical reaction in your body. So there's a lot of power in stopping and saying, wait, is this belief even true? Is this thought true? Is that judgment of myself true? And it's probably not completely true. So another tip that we hear is, would you say that to your best friend? 
we talked ourselves in such negative ways, we would never speak to anyone else like that. So just really have that thought, like, would you phrase it like this if you were talking to somebody you love? Probably not. Okay. So don't be afraid to unpack the old belief, the old thought, whatever it is, but just without judging it, just ask step two, where did this come from? Where's this stemmed from? And you might have to unpack some really unpleasant stuff from 20 years ago or from five years ago. So you just need to dissect it so it can stop popping up. If you can understand it, it turns into something else because emotions and thoughts if gone ignored, will keep coming up in different ways. They'll present themselves in your life in different lessons that aren't going to be pretty if you refuse to learn the lesson. So just take a deep breath and it's okay to let your brain go there. It's okay to let yourself step back to when you were a child and you first heard that. Maybe it was a painful moment, but you got to process it so it will stop popping up now. Okay. The third step is... What is something truthful and empowering that you can replace that thought with? So you got to take an honest look at what thought you could replace that with. What words could you use instead? You know, um, the word nervous versus excited. They kind of mean the exact same thing in your body, but one will make you more fearful and one will make you more passionate or more excited about something, right? So you get to pick and choose what words you're using. So that's a whole nother tip is to really broaden the words you use. Like, are you enchanted by this? Or does this, you know, are you using the very mundane, simple words? Just jazz it up a little. But what words could you use instead? Also, how can you make that even more empowering? So often we'll replace the thought with something empowering. And, but I want to challenge you, how can you make that phrase even more empowering? And every time that negative thought comes back, I just want you to practice taking deep breath and repeating the replacement thought of empowerment instead. And it will feel silly. It will feel weird. It will take practice. And sometimes you're going to realize that you've been focusing on the bad and, you know, all day and you haven't even noticed. So how can you flip that in the moment? And just by the simple act of practicing, okay, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm such an idiot. I'm going to say I'm new at this and I'm going to keep trying until, you know, I'm going to keep trying until. And it might not feel natural to replace a thought with a different thought when you're in the moment and you're having this tailspin of emotions. But by being prepared to have that phrase ready, it'll be a lot easier in the moment to start repeating it. It'll give your brain something to do. If you take someone who is in full panic attack about where they're at in their life and you try to teach them in the moment how to flip it, it's not going to help, right? So, but if we can practice ahead of time and know that, okay, for me personally, I have anxiety. There are times that I need to take a deep breath and understand okay, this is my brain making up an issue so that I feel safe and warning me against this or that, but I have to practice it in the times I'm feeling good. You know, it's a daily practice of make sure to check on your mindset, prime in the morning, do gratitude in the morning. So we hear all kinds of different fads around it, but that's what you're doing is you're giving your brain an option already ready. So that in the moment when you're in that hard space, you don't have to sit there and think about it. You don't have to do all 10 steps. You just have that ready. Whether it feels silly or not, okay, that's not the point. Because if your brain reacts either way, whether you have think, oh, this is dumb. Oh, this is not going to work. What words you're repeating to yourself will change your body chemistry, okay? And if you're showing up happier, 
if you're showing up more in peace, if you're showing up more of who you really are and passionate, how will you show up to the outer world? You know, then that means your goals will be easier to achieve. You'll have better impact on people around you, et cetera, cycle repeat. So it really is important to pay attention to these minute things because that's where it all stems. Okay. So another tip that I absolutely love, Ho'opa Ono, and I hope I'm saying that right. If you can say it right, thumbs up below. But Dr. Lin is a Hawaiian doctor and read more about his story. It's Dr. Lin, L-E-N. Um, fascinating story, but he has a Hawaiian prayer that basically are four of the most cleansing phrases you can say. So I personally am one that when I meditate, I can't just shut my thoughts down. We already talked about earlier, that's not going to happen. But I have to have a phrase or a mantra that I repeat to myself to keep my thoughts kind of at bay so I can focus on the actual meditation. So this is an amazing one, just hands down. It has so much power. But what you do is you just simply, you can sit, stand, lay, whatever you do, but you put your hands on your heart, take a deep breath, and you repeat the phrase, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And back to what we were talking about earlier in the water study with Dr. Emoto, you can tell that whatever mood you're in, if you can sit down and say these phrases or something similar, if those don't feel right for you, pick something else, customize it. You designed your vocabulary. Okay. So make sure you're using it to build the life you want, not a life you hate. So once again, simple. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And tremendous power in that. And um, they actually call it the cleaning. So it actually cleanses your body's cells uh, whenever you repeat those phrases. But do look up Dr. Lin and Hopa Ono more about that. So, but it, it's vast changes that these make. So another thing that if you didn't pick up on me saying it earlier, I'm going to say it louder because it's that important. I'm going to say it again for the folks in the back. Okay. We've got to stop bashing ourselves to success. We've got to stop this self-shame to get us what we want. Okay. We are living in these self-shame loops and repetitive cycles that are just bringing us more and more down. And it's simple. Like I said, back at the beginning, it's not always easy, but it's simple. Look at the formula. You're punishing yourself to success. What's going to happen when you get there? You might meet your goal, but you're not going to be fulfilled or happy with yourself when you get there because you're going to need a bigger goal. You're going to need more money. You're going to need another car. You're going to need this or that. And you're just going to keep building on this cycle. And if you're using punishing thoughts or self-bashing thoughts or thoughts to put yourself down to get yourself to like get up and work out or things like that, it, the formula is not working. You are not going to punish yourself to success. It's not going to work, okay? So however long you've been trying it, I tried it for many, many years. It's not going to work, okay? So you, for starters, they're lies. They're lies, okay? So these things on repeat where you are bashing yourself, maybe that was true for a minute or at a time. But if you've been repeating it for 20 years, that's now a lie. That's not something you've always done or you're not always lazy or you're not, um, you know, unable to achieve this. Maybe it's just not meant for you, or maybe you're procrastinating because you know that's not your right path, or you're not passionate about that. That does not inspire you to get out of bed in the morning. That's not saying you're a failure, okay? Now, there are 
there's definitely a part in life where you need to face your mistakes. You need to face your actions. You need to take responsibility for things you've done. You need to fix it. You need to be honest with yourself, you know, but the point is you deal with it. You don't live the rest of your life in that state. Okay. So use those moments to fuel you to get your ass out of bed and deal with the problem. Don't live there. Like that becomes depression. That becomes things that people take prescriptions for. And it, it's just not, it's an easy thing to fix if we know where the problem stems from. So next time you catch yourself saying, oh, you're so lazy. Oh, you're such an idiot. Oh, I'm such a fool. Of course I was going to fail at that. I always fail. If you say these things, you are setting yourself up for guaranteed failure, for guaranteed unhappiness, for depression, for, you know, nobody's going to want to stick around in your life if you're showing up as that every day. So if you can change it in the moment and just be honest with yourself, like I said, they're lies, right? If you've been telling yourself this lie for 20 years, you can think of an empowering phrase to replace that with. And it might take a hundred times, but eventually your brain is going to stop thinking that negative thought and it's going to automatically think that positive or empowering thought. And I'm not saying you need to lie to yourself and say, oh, you're perfect. You can figure everything out. No, I'm saying be honest and empower yourself. Okay. You have more skills than you're giving yourself credit for. You have more experience than you're remembering right now. And that one thing that happened years ago that didn't work out in your favor, it, the past is in the past. Like you're not even the same person right now than you were at that time. So you've got to give yourself some credit, but we've got to change this habit of putting ourselves down so many times a day. It's not getting us what we want. It's not getting us any more motivation. It's not taking care of that fear. If anything, it's bringing more fear into our lives. So just why are we doing it? And that completely changed my life. The day somebody pointed out that you cannot and will not punish yourself to success. So and when you reach a goal, I want you to be fulfilled. You know, you wanted that goal for a reason. You started on that path for a reason. You were excited when you came up with it. So when you get to the end point and actually get there, you want to show up in that passionate, excited, joyful state too. Not that you punished yourself here. And now that you're here, oh, now I'm have to do this other goal or I have to one up everyone else at the office again. And you're going to be exhausted and unfulfilled. And that's nobody wants that life. You know, if in this moment, that's what you've Whatever your emotions are, that's the quality of your life. So if I'm pissed off right now, the quality of my life is pissed off. If I'm at peace right now, the quality of my life is peace. And that's a great point from Tony Robbins that I'm sharing. And I can hear his voice as I say that. So you can change it. And that's why gratitude and things like just sitting down and taking some deep breaths, you know, sometimes we do need to put ourselves in timeout as adults, but maybe that's just to sit and take a few deep breaths and kind of come back to what our neutral is come back from those that negative tailspin you know um and it's just hugely toxic and there's a better way so i would love for everyone to stop self-bashing themselves thinking it's going to help you get what you want so and most of the negative thoughts and memories they're not even accurate okay you've been retelling yourself the same story for so many years many details have probably changed many and it's a proven fact that every time we retell a story to ourselves or to others, we naturally change details over time. Maybe not on purpose, but you'll emphasize certain things that happen to you and you'll forget other details. Or when you're retelling a story to someone else, 
naturally you kind of jazz up the story a little bit. We're humans. We do that. And you're going to make sure to tell a good story, right? So you might emphasize different things. And over time, we kind of forget what the real situation was. And have you ever maybe a sibling or somebody who was there with you in this situation? And when you're looking back 15 years later, comparing what happened, it almost sounds like there were two completely different events because this person's been in their brain for the last 15 years, repeating the details that mattered to them. And then this person over here has done the same thing. And you get to a point where it sounds like there are two different events that happen. That's why. Um, and while we're on Tony Robbins, you know, he teaches a lot about we delete, distort and generalize when we're remembering things or when we're talking about situations and recalling events. So what that's saying is your brain does find evidence to make you think that you were right or that it was somebody else's fault. And it's not lying to you on purpose. It's doing its job, right? What are the two questions we talked about earlier? Does this fit a pattern that I've seen before or am I safe? So your brain will flip things and change things and delete things and make things bigger than they were just to fit the storyline you've been telling yourself for so many years, even if it's completely inaccurate. So the fact that most of us are on these negative loops of self-talk, I just want to highlight, we're lying to ourselves. What we're saying isn't even the truth, okay? So it, it that's the power of the mind for you and the power of words when we recall or we think about what happened or speak about memories and things like that to others. So just pay attention to that. And if you can change those things, I mean, it, it'll just, a lot of things will be easier accomplished and done and manifested and all these trendy terms and fad terms that we hear. That's what it is. You're taking your power back instead of letting yourself be on this subconscious autopilot that is outdated and not an effective formula anymore. So you are the only one that can break this cycle. So if you want to make a vow right now that that stops here, that stops with you, that stops. No one, no one's going to do it for you. Okay. And they're making a killing in the drug industry with selling you happy pills and antidepressants and anti-anxiety pills and you name it pills and all kinds. So they're making a killing off of you not having this figured out. They want you to stay kind of trapped in that same thought process and then seek outside resources like prescriptions, like therapy, like things like that to solve your problems. So if you can take your power back right here, you don't need that. You don't need anything outside of yourself. You have everything you need within you. You just need to realize it and trust it. So, and it will take practice. You know, no human will ever completely master this or completely be done. We have human brains. So it's going to take constant training and you got to direct what you focus on and got to direct your energy. So, which speaking of energy, let's break that down. Okay. So the energetic side of this, we, when we say something, we call energy to whatever we're saying and energy acts accordingly. So, for example, Newton's third law, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So what does this mean when it comes to our self-talk? Or what does this mean when it comes to the words we use? So this is saying if you have, like, let's say you're chatting with a friend, okay? If you say something, you're going to have an emotion because of it, consciously or subconsciously. That's been proven, right? So whenever you have an emotion, that means 
the counterpart will have the emotion. Okay. And if you're kind of like, Courtney, what are you talking about? Let's talk about some real life examples. Okay. So one that I see a lot, if you can't stand your partner, or maybe you're growing resentful of your partner every day. Okay. Your partner's probably feeling the same way or in some kind of equal way. They're feeling negative emotions towards you by default because that's how you feel to them and whether you realize it or not. So how are you describing your partner or your relationship to yourself? You know, what words are you using? Are you calling them? Are you, oh, they're so annoying. They're such an idiot. They're lazy. Let's back up. Are these even accurate statements? Or are you the one that's being lazy? Or are you the one that's being an idiot? You know, that's a whole nother thing. You know, if you've ever heard, if you point your finger at somebody, you're accusing them of something, you're pointing three back at yourself. So if ever you feel very strong that somebody is acting this way, pay attention to why you feel so strongly about that. That's because you recognize that part in you for better or for worse. But, you know, so one, is it even accurate? Um, Maybe your partner just wants your attention because you haven't given them attention. You're always on your phone. You're always off doing other things, prioritizing other parts of your life above them. Yeah, they might come off annoying if they want to really spend more time with you. You know, are they actually lazy or are they exhausted in life because they've been working so hard lately or working on something over here? That's why they can't do the chores at the house. So I'm just saying, don't judge it, but take an accurate look at what you keep repeating about the people you have relationships with around you. So, um, you know, and then there's the other hand that they could be a jackass and you need to get rid of them. So I'm not going to ignore the facts and act like it's all how we perceive people or talk about them to ourselves or to others. There's much more to it than that. But is it accurate? Because a lot of that, we need to take responsibility for how we are sizing up people, how we are judging people, how we are pointing fingers and not doing the same thing in our own life. You know, it's really easy to tell somebody what to do, but to do it and live it, that's not as easy, right? Okay, so another example of how energy works accordingly. And so if somebody is gossiping to you about somebody else, they're most likely gossiping about you to others right? And it's, it, the energy is felt, whether you realize it or not, you're talking, you're running your mouth about somebody, they're feeling a negative emotion subconsciously, thanks to you, you for no reason. Like, what, we just need to stop gossiping for one, we're better than that. And, and they don't know where the source is, or maybe they do know that you're gossiping about them, but it's just like, why would you do that? Why would you put that out there? Um, another one that I see, if you hate your job, if you're always walking around saying, I hate my job, I hate my job. Don't be surprised if you get fired soon or let go or you name it. Um, you might not be saying that to your boss directly, but based off the laws of energy, if you're saying it and running your mouth about how much you hate that your job, the counterpart will be feeling it too, okay? So it, it, this is a really, really profound detail that I really want you to be hearing. And here's a classic example that I see all over. This was definitely me for many years of my life, but I want to highlight it because a lot of women out there are not happy with their bodies. If you are constantly bashing your body, don't be surprised if 
it's going to keep going in the opposite direction of your goal. Maybe you're going to keep on gaining more and more weight. Maybe you're going to come down with more chronic illnesses instead of healing them. Instead, give love to your body. And here's my thing about bodies, especially is your body has gotten you to where you are now. Like literally you have survived everything thus far. Thanks to this one vehicle you have to live on this earth, the one body, my body is my temple, however you want to phrase it. And you're sitting here bashing it, telling it it's not good enough and you want it to be smaller. You want it to be this. If you can't pause and be grateful for what your body is doing for you, why would it change anything just to make your brain happy? Why would it change anything just to satisfy the superstitious um, or superficial thought that you need to have a be a smaller body weight, look like this, do this? If you can't come from a loving spot when you're talking to your body or talking to yourself about yourself, you're not going to get what you want. It's going to keep bringing at you more of what you don't want because you still haven't learned the lesson, right? The lesson will keep showing up until the student learns. There you go. So I would just, if you are unhappy with anything on your body, you know, by all means, do what you need to do. But before you go to the diets and the fads and the plastic surgery and you name it, just stop and look at how are you talking to yourself about your body? And for me, that was the biggest game changer is, you know, I lost a lot of weight and then there for many years, it just kind of hovered at the same spot. It wasn't where I wanted to be. But when I was able to flip it to self-love, I've kept that weight off for years and years now, honestly, almost effortlessly. Um, I do need to put some effort forth to stay healthy, but my point is whenever I flipped that perspective and started talking to my body differently, it all changed and it's never gone back when I struggled with weight for my entire life. So that's a big one I see. And it breaks my heart whenever I see women carrying on and on about, oh, I'm so fat or, oh, my body, I always gain it. Stop, stop. And if you are on a downward spiral like that, just stop and like make a list of 10 reasons why you love your body or something because you got to pour the energy into what you want. So that is what I have for you guys today. And I want to give you a few more resources if anything hit home on if you want to keep diving deep on this. So Byron Katie, it's called The Work. So Byron Katie, The Work. It's thework.com to find more about the practice. And it's actually a four-step questions. But when you do have a thought or do have a belief that you need to dissect and it leads you through four questions to really flip it and help you discover where that really stemmed from in your past, in your childhood, you name it, but to really eliminate how that is holding you back. Um, great one. Uh, two great books that I highly, highly suggest. So Michael Singer's book, The Untethered Soul. When I mentioned earlier, you know, that roommate in your head, that, you know, that person talking or speaking or always saying something that never stops the roommate in your head. So he talks a lot about why your brain acts the way it does and what it is and is not meant to do. And it'll help you have peace with how your brain works instead of thinking you're broken or something's wrong with you. You're not broken and nothing's wrong with you. Um, the last one, if you have not already, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. This one is quite difficult to read the hardcover. So if you can do that, good job for sticking with it. Um, I love the Audible version. And both those books are great to just kind of turn on in the background while you are 
doing your everyday thing and listen to it real quiet, like background music. Because like I said, we're always evolving and innovating and no one ever masters this. So daily practices and having a plan for whenever you do go into those panic modes or those anxiety modes, it can help you come out of it a lot quicker. And the more you practice, the better you get at it. So that is our show today. So thank you for tuning in to the Passion Podcast. You can find out more at thepassionpodcast.com and new episodes go up every Wednesday. You can watch or listen on all your favorite podcast platforms. So you can check us out on Audible, iTunes, or Amazon Music. And just go out there and make it a great day. And whatever you do, do with passion.